<laughs> We're recording now. All right, folks. <laughs> Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast. I'm your incompetent host, Charlie Reimer. Here's why I'm laughing. I, I just uh, called up the other day uh, my best buddy on the planet, Billy Kratzer, who's a four-time PGA Tour winner. He got one top 10 over on the PGA Tour Champions. That came at the Royal Caribbean back in 2003. And you're going to find out why I'm laughing here in a second. And, uh, yes, I was on the bag for him that week as uh, one top 10 on the PGA Tour Champions. He's a lot better at TV than he is at putting these days. Uh, nobody strikes it better than him. I can tell you that. He drives it beautifully. Um, nobody hit it better than him that week. And if he'd uh, listened to me, I kept telling him to get his putts to the hole. He left everything short. I think he'd have won, no problem. But he, he never listens to me. But the reason I'm laughing is we're obviously recording this podcast, and we were a good 10, 12 minutes into it. Billy was absolutely killing it, and I had to interrupt him because, yes, I forgot to push the record button. So, <laughs> Billy, I apologize. Go ahead and light me up. I deserve it. If you, I mean, I know you've done a ton of media um, the last 25 years. You've been on air talking about golf, whether it's calling live golf, uh, doing a lot of studio work for Golf Channel, PGA Tour Live, other networks. Have you ever had anybody just – Flat out, not push the record button. <laughs> well, yeah, and and believe me, you and I both know that sixty seconds to air, there were many, many times that we did not know if we were even going to be on air. So, <laughs> yeah, good point. I'm gonna give you a hall pass right here. A mulligan. And, you know, you got a mulligan, and thanks for bringing up the the putting. Usually, when people struggle or they have the mini yips or yips, uh, pretty much they leave every putt short. And that's what happened for the 54 holes down there. There were a couple that maybe slid in the front door or the side door, but uh, you did a heck of a job. Uh, I am, I am going to say you were probably the worst dressed caddy. Um, yeah, by design. Carl, were you trying to uh, – Imitate, uh, imitate Carl from Caddyshack. Yeah, I mean, also, I had you, to be the worst smelling, too, because I didn't, I, you know how much I sweat. I didn't shower the whole week either. You did, I mean, you did a great job. And you know what? You've answered a question that's, that's um, you know, been about 20 years old. Now I know why none of the players <laughs> came over to talk to me. I got it. <laughs> I remember that golf course at Boca. We're like in about seventh place, and you'd hit it 12 feet all day long, and you hadn't got but one of them to the hole. Hadn't even come close to making a bogey, and it was a par three. You remember the iguanas they had hanging all over that golf course down there? Um, they were massive. Yeah, they were. They looked more like crocodiles, and um, I can't remember the name of the golf course. It was a really good golf course there on, on Boca, and it was the Royal Caribbean. And about the 14th hole was a par three, tiny little green. The wind was howling. You hit this four iron in there, flags back left, and you held it up against the wind. You hit it about 12 feet, and I'm looking at the leaderboard, and I'm thinking, a couple more birdies, you know. And I don't think winning's going to happen, but slide in the top five. And and um, you looked at that putt, and, and um, you said, a uh, little, little downhill? I said, yeah. <laughs> you said, a uh, little down grain? I said, I said, yeah. And you said, a little, little down wind? I said, yeah. You said, it's going to be fast, isn't it? I said, I said, oh, no, that's not going to be a fast putt. It's going to be deceptively slow. <laughs> you left it in the jaws about 10 inches short. <laughs> well, naturally. I wanted to make sure I had that little tap in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you had it. But we, we had a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll have a lot of fun in this show now that I have the record button pushed. Um, 
I'm really sorry. But uh, so you know what we're going to do. I've already talked about it while I wasn't recording, uh, but our viewers haven't. So I'm hoping to review the, the, the big golf that we've seen this year, a couple of, couple of, uh, of uh, hot topics in there as well. And, and, uh, um, and, then, and then preview the, the great golf that we have left uh, this season and this calendar year. So uh, let's get started with, with, with the Masters. Your, your thoughts on the Matsuyama win at Augusta back in April. I think that's probably as big a win uh, as we may ever see. Um, you know, a Japanese player, uh, it had never uh, they've come close. Um, Asao Aoki, Jumbo Osaka, you know, um, there have been Japanese players that have certainly put themselves in a position to win, but Matsuyama's the one that crossed the line and won the golf tournament. And I, I think back in, in the first visual I get is, you know, his caddy with the flag stick and then the bow back down the 18th fairway at the completion of play. But the immense pressure that Matsuyama was under, even though he was in the lead, he, he was playing well, he was striking the ball well, he was making the putts necessary to maintain the lead, there was always that feeling that something could or might go awry. And I was doing the streaming for feature group with CBS uh, alongside Shane Bacon. And we were just kind of looking at each other the whole time. And, and we could, we could actually feel the pressure, Charlie, you know, coming out through the screen. And when you feel that not only does the player know the importance and, and the magnitude of it, but when other people that are, are doing the tournament and watching the tournament are feeling a little bit as of that as well. I mean, it's just, it, it's hard to describe. And I just, I was just so happy for him because he is one of the hardest workers out there. And, uh, you know, to win, to win world golf championships, to win other tournaments, uh, you know, it was just a great accomplishment for him. It was great for golf. It was a great way to start off the major championship season. It created a lot of buzz. And when you think back, and the Masters had their tournament for 2020 in November with Dustin Johnson winning, and then you go to April in 2021 to have the Masters tournament five months apart is just such a huge accomplishment on the part of Augusta National Golf Club. You have two great champions and you know I'm I'm just so happy for Hideki because that was big for the world of golf. And uh, as you said he created that buzz, kept it going uh as we entered um May and the PGA Championship and Kiowa and uh the favorite to win the week, Phil Mickelson, he really came through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he played horrible golf coming in, and and Phil does what Phil does, and 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 I know you've got a great friendship with Phil. Uh, that that week, you, you you're supposed to be impartial, but you you probably um, and and I know you act like a big mean tough guy. I, I know you're not, but that that had to be an emotional week for you watching Phil Mickelson become the oldest player to ever win a major championship. T tell me your thoughts on on Phil's win at Kiowa. It was, Charlie, and 
um, you know, when he got off to the start, uh, you know, the first day, uh, and, you know, he kind of was not good, then he was great, brings it back, and then, you know, and then it kind of continued, and then the question each day, can Phil do it again, can Phil do it again, can Phil do it again, then you get to the final round, and, you know, people would come up and say, hey, how's, you know, what do you think Phil's going to do? I said, here's my only, here's my only thing with Phil. I know him and he has one bad swing and one bad decision away from not having a chance. If he just stays in the moment and he can keep his focus, I think he's going to be there in the end. Don't know if he'll win but I think he's going to be there at the end. And then, Charlie, I couldn't have been more proud of him uh, with the tee shots that he was hitting coming down the stretch. Um, the iron shot that he hit on the par three yep. may have gotten a little hosed with the, with the bounce. Uh, but again, you know, all of a sudden, the, the tactician kind of took over as opposed to the guy that just goes at every flag. He just, he knew that this was going to be his chance. Is it going to be his last chance? I don't know. Phil doesn't know. That's just, that's just the beauty of Phil Mickelson is that he can do it. And he still has that length. But I was more impressed with the way that he was managing himself, making sure he hit the proper shot. It's like the tee shot at 18. Where are you going to miss it? If you're going to miss it, hit it up there in the grandstands over there and then play from there. But the iron shot he hit on, on the 72nd hole to hit it flagged high, 18, 20 feet right of the hole, um, then the deal was sealed. It was over from there. Well, I, I tell you, it was an incredible Sunday, no doubt about that. It go down as one of the best Sundays in my mind in the history of golf, along with, with Jack Nicklaus in 86 at Augusta, Tiger in 2000 at Augusta. Tiger with, with his last Masters victory, Phil Mickelson at Kiowa. It, it was historic, no doubt about that. And, and uh, um, I'm I, I really happy for Phil, and I still have no idea where all that <laughs> distance still comes from at age 51. As I recall, some of the drives he was hitting ended up being the longest drive of the week on any given hole uh, at his age. Yes. That, that's truly amazing. And, Billy, I, I want to let you know um, – that I actually do have the record button on now. So I know you're a little worried about that. <laughs> so, so I am actually capturing this. So, so let's, let's touch on the U S open. Um, we saw John Rahm on Saturday at Memorial with the lead, um, get told right there on, on the green in front of Jack Nicholas and the whole world that, that he's COVID positive and, uh, really, uh, barely even getting that practice round at, at, uh, Torrey Pines, a golf course that that's been very good to him. Uh, the obviously the big finish there to win the U.S. Open. Your your thoughts on on the U.S. Open and John Rahm's win? Not many could overcome uh, what happened to Rahm. Um, I mean, can you imagine uh, a six shot lead going into Sunday? The way that you're playing, the way that you're driving it, iron play, putting. Um, I think, and this is nothing. To taking away from from Cantlay or any of the other players, but I think Rory said it best: is 
after Rom won the U.S. Open, Rory said, in my mind, John Rom has won the last two tournaments. Mm -hmm. So the strength of the mind to go along with the physical John Rom, I mean, you put that combination together, um, that's what won in the U.S. Open. I mean, the determination, uh, you know, being able to overcome that six shot. A lot of times, Charlie, that lingers with a player. You know, it's poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Well, John Rahm, you know, he did just the reverse. He said, okay, I've got it. I thought that I was immune to it. Uh, then he went and got the shot uh, for COVID, was vaccinated. Uh, as, as you said, he got the practice round in. Uh, it was a golf course that, that he is – is certainly, uh, you know, comfortable on. It's one that he's won on and, and one that he just loves the feeling when he gets there. He loves it uh, because it feels like home to him. Uh, you know, the, the marine layer, kind of the coolness and the type of grass. And to just go ahead and get out there and get after it right away. And, and you know, he kind of struggled. He was over par, then he kind of brought it back and um, but when it was all said and done, you go to the 71st hole, the 72nd hole, those are probably two of the most Tiger-esque putts you'll see from a current day player. Well, it, it was definitely impressive. No doubt about that. And, and, uh, talk about impressive play. Colin Morikawa at, um, the, I still call it the British open. Um, I, I, nobody yells at me about saying that anymore. I, I'm sure you probably have to call it the open, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, it's always, it always has been, always will be British open for me, but Morikawa won the, the, the PGA at, at San Francisco. No one was out there uh, right in the middle of, uh, probably the worst part of, of, of COVID, hopefully the worst part of COVID. And the criticism was, yeah, but nobody was there. It didn't feel like a major championship. That's, that's a conversation for another day. I think a major is a major, but, but what he did at, 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 uh, St. George's with, with crowds, with, with, uh, the, the, the wind, the, the uh, all the things that happen on, on an open venue. Um, I, all questions or any criticism at race. He's now a two, two-time major champion, and and uh, what what an unbelievable performance by by Morikawa, and and um, it's going to be interesting for me to see where he goes uh, from here. Your your thoughts on that win? Well, I think uh, you know he was pushed hard. Um, you know, certainly Ustazen, uh, you know the guys that finished eleven under par. I mean. You know, you look at Louie, you know, you, you have kind of that empty feeling for Louie because he's played so well in the majors this year with the, the runner-ups and the third-place finishes. And, you, you know, you you hope that he gets that second major. But it it was Colin Morikawa. I mean, he went out there, and it was the ball striking that won the golf tournament. I sure, sure, he made some putts, and he capped off some great shots. But you're being pushed by Jordan Spieth. And Jordan Spieth, he's that player that when he gets the energy and he gets the feeling going, he can just clock off birdie after birdie and he can push the envelope and he can make things happen. And Colin Morikawa never flinched. 
And I think that's the beauty of it is that, you know, he and JJ have this, this great rapport, uh, the conversations between player and caddy. I mean, there was a calmness in their conversation that you could hear. Um, but, but Colin Morikawa is, he's probably the best iron player in this modern day player. Better than Matsuyama? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think when I, when I, when I look at it, uh, I think, I think Colin is, is just so solid. Um, he plays the, the correct shot. Uh, both are good, but I, when you look at all the stats, um, Colin Morikawa is going to be that guy. And, and I say that he's the best in this era. I still think Tiger Woods is the best iron player I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, Colin Morikawa, he's got sustainability because the rhythm in the golf swing, um, he can push it through the air when necessary, but he's always going to be able to rely on that, that iron game. And now that he made the switch to the claw, I think that's another positive for Colin Morikawa is that he's not afraid to go ahead and try something, a better method to get him to where, okay, I'm going to make a few more putts. I look at my stats, and I know that I'm kind of past or down from the middle with my putting. I need to improve if I want to be in contention with regularity. I want to be relevant in every tournament that I play. So he makes the change, goes to the claw, made a lot of important putts, and we saw it down in Sarasota at concession when he won the WGC down there. Um, he, he, you know, he's just so solid, Charlie. And, and I think that, you know, he's got the two major. He, he has as many majors as Dustin Johnson. Um, he's got more than Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, he's two, or he's one behind Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's one ahead of JT. I mean, you started comparing him for guys that have been on tour, you know, six plus years. I mean, this kid is remarkable. Well, well, speaking of remarkable, and and in my mind, I see some similarities between our Olympic gold champion Xander Schauffele and Colin Morikawa. And that um, <clears throat> it, it's a common sense approach to golf. They're big in big moments. They got the bases basics covered. Um, the only difference, uh, obviously, now more call with it with the two majors and or Shoffley, close in majors. Got a lot of dollars in his account, which um, he says he doesn't play for dollars. But <laughs> Billy, you and I both know the guys with a whole bunch of it have the luxury of saying that. But but I see some similarities between Xander and and Morikawa. Uh, mm -hmm. your, your thoughts on on Xander's gold medal uh, victory this past weekend and uh, just outside of Tokyo? Well, I think everyone was happy uh, for Shoffley. Uh, you know, get, winning the gold medal. Uh, he's come close uh, in a lot of major championships. Um, he's played well. Um, it's been a little bit of a, a drought between wins. Um, sometimes, sometimes the, the, the driver gets a little off for Xander, but he's just so solid and, and it's, it's a little perplexing as to, to why he hasn't won a little bit more, but that just shows you how difficult it is to win 
in professional golf, uh, especially on the PGA Tour. But as you said, um, you know, if you, if you want to create money velocity, you know, you, <laughs> Xander's your guy. I mean, he can make a lot of money. I mean, along with uh, Morikawa and the guys. But you, you watch him play. He's a guy that I could watch play. Morikawa's a guy I could watch play um, that are very, very much in the moment the whole time. And then you can you can watch a Jordan Spieth and you can watch a, a JT. They're very animated, but the way that they play, I could also watch them. I mean, it's golf's in an interesting spot right now, and you've got you've got players that that you know from top to bottom are solid through the bag. And when you put a Shoffley and a Morikawa, when you start talking about those two guys, what comes to me? is that that quiet confidence you know they're never going to go ahead and just kind of put it out there and you know that they're confident but they just kind of have that quiet confident walk purposeful determined you can see it but they'll never let you know that they're feeling that way but you you can feel it if you just watch them yeah no date no doubt that's a great long-term strategy and ton of talent both of those players uh, appreciate your thoughts on on the, the major championships and the Olympics. I ha- had a couple other subjects. I'm, I'm going to skip one. This COVID-19 thing, um, it's been heroic what the PGA Tour and all the organizations have been able to do to conduct, to conduct golf this season, which I think is important because we've all needed a distraction over the last year and a half. And and um, I, I'm tired of talking about COVID. Uh, it, as you know, it about put me in the grave, and, and we're, we're starting to um, – you know, see, see this Delta variant rise up. I'm just tired of talking about it. Um, let's get it somehow, some way in the rearview mirror. I think we all know the answer uh, to, to how to do that. But let, let's just let that one lay, and and um, and hopefully it, it burns right over and we can get it in the rearview mirror. So I, I do want to get to a, a fun subject with, with you, Billy. Um, and and one, one of the things has been a lot of fun for me in my in my career. You're a little bit older than me, not a whole lot, but a little bit older than me. But but uh, when when you were playing your best golf, uh, there, there was still a lot of the really old school guys around. When the, the game was different, uh, the locker room was different. That uh, there were some arguments, occasionally some fights in the parking lot. Everything wasn't smooth all the time, like what it seems to be this day and age where everybody seems like they're their best buddies, which, which I don't have a problem with, but it's nice when we get some spice and boy, did we get some spice this year uh, and still ongoing between Brooks Kepka and, and, and Bryson DeChambeau, uh, y- your take on this rivalry that we're seeing bud between these two, mostly over social media. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed kind of the, the, the back and forth. I love the, the one-liner where uh, it's nice having uh, free rent inside your head. And <laughs> yeah. you, you know, the, the little chatter there and the little chatter there. And then, you know, when Bryson misstepped at the Open Championship and talked about his driver and then, then Brooks came back when he was interviewed and he made the statement, you know, well, I'm driving it well. And by the way, I love my driver. And and he just <laughs> continued on from there. You know, if it stays like that and it stays light, I'm very much okay with it, Charlie. Yeah. I think it's I think it's kind of fun. 
I, you know, as long as it doesn't get into where it becomes a personal attack, mm-hmm. if you just kind of just let it just lay on the surface, just throw one little thing out there, and one guy may react this way, and one guy may react that way. Um, you know, at the PGA Championship, you know, Bryson went by and he he kind of waved, you know, on the next interview, and it's. I think if you just keep it light and you kind of understand, it's been it's been enjoyable to watch on social media. Now, in real life, it's probably a little bit different. The locker room, I'm sure, is different. But you know what? They're competitors. What are they trying to do? They're trying to win golf tournaments. They're trying to be the best in the world. And... You know, if this is the way that Bryson needs to do it, then that's the way he needs to do it. If Brooks needs to do it this way, then Brooks needs to do it. Whatever they need to do in order to rev themselves up and get ready and play to the best of their ability, they need to do that. It's it's like I said, you know, when we were talking earlier, there has to be a selfishness among the pl- amongst the players if you want to be at the top of your game. Sure, you can be that that great person that guy that guy or that woman that uh, you know on the LPGA that you know is fun to be around and you know chat with and all this stuff but once you get inside the ropes you have to become that person that the only person that's important in here is is the guy the person on the bag and me we need to be number 1 today and i just i just kind of like the the Deshambo Kepka, I kind of like that. Uh, it's kind of fun uh, as long as they keep it light. Well, the the thing that scares me about it, and I and I agree with everything that, that you've said there, and, and I hope the fans enjoy it. But the thing that scares me is if the fans feel like they're a part of this feud and start trying to participate in it, then it could get a, a little out of hand and very quickly. I think. I would agree. I absolutely and. You know, I don't. I don't care who it is, what team, what individual, what sport, whatever. If you have spectators and you have people watching, there are going to be sides that are chosen, and who is on one side or the other, that should not make a difference. And I just wish everyone would enjoy it. I mean, you hit it right on the head, Charlie. I mean. Just don't get involved. Let these guys provide the entertainment and move on. Enjoy the show. And that's what exactly. I've done. Yeah, and that's what I've done up to this point, Billy. Really enjoyed your your take and, and, and looking at all this great golf that uh, that we've had so far this year. And, uh, again, I do have the record button on, uh, which doesn't always happen with me. But uh, let, let's spin it for the, for the last part of the show. Let's spin it forward. And, and uh, looking forward this week, we, we've got the – WGC event down in, in Memphis. Uh, obviously, the WGCs have strong fields, big money, longer exemption. So the guys are happy to put up with the heat, um, literally, down there. I always used to just about die in Memphis this time of year. As you know, I don't do well in the heat. But if there would have been the kind of money they're playing for now, I think I'd have probably put up with it a little bit better. But um, th- this week, at the end of this 
uh, year wraps at Greensboro, guys are fighting for the, the spots to stay in the in the top 125 because they all want to not only get exempt but move to the playoffs. So we we we've got the playoffs. Uh, we've got the Ryder Cup sitting out there. What what's a top storyline you're looking at as the season winds down on the PGA Tour? Well, I think you know I'm looking forward to the Ryder Cup, Charlie. I really am. Uh, you know. Obviously, with COVID uh, being set back a year, uh, whistling straights, the preparation, Harrington, Stricker, everything that they put into it along with their vice captains, I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, then you, um, then my second one is getting to the tour championship, um, you know, because quite frankly, I mean, $15 million is just a massive amount of money and it's a year's work. Uh, you know, it's the body of work for, for a year, but in this case, it's the super year because it's like 50 tournaments that have been all inclusive. And, and so I, you know, there's going to be guys that miss that haven't missed in, in quite some time. Um, but I'm looking forward to that, to the tour championship. But I can tell you, in a couple of weeks at Wyndham, there's going to be some tight players down there. <laughs> you, you got that right. Because there's going to be some players on the edge that, that have not been there before. And they're going to be clenched when they get to that first tee, knowing that they've got to earn X amount of points in order to maintain a job for next year. Hmm. Now, that's that's kind of skewed a little bit because if they're a veteran, they've got access through either the money earned top 50 money list, uh, 126 to 150. They can go to the corn finals. There's a lot of avenues there, but if you can get business taken care of right away and slide into the top 125, if you're sitting outside the 125 and you jump into the 125, if you play well at Wyndham, you can carry that forward, and then all of a sudden you can get to the second leg of the playoffs, and then who knows what happens from there. So, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, to finish off this season, uh, 2021, I mean, there's guys that are going to need to boat race it at Wyndham, and then when you get to Atlanta, if you get a chance to win the, the big prize, there's going to be some tightness, but I'm looking – most forward to the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, to, to put that $15 million in perspective for the playoffs, uh, and this one still blows my mind, Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, Arnold Palmer, combined earnings on the PGA Tour right at $10 million. And uh, that first prize, the playoffs, $15 million. <laughs> And I know the money was different when you were playing your best golf, but um, – it's extraordinary that the uh, money that the PGA Tour allows these players to play for these days. It is. Uh, I mean, it's a staggering amount, and it's going to continue to grow. And uh, when you um, look at uh, the sponsorship, everything is flush. Uh, there's going to be a little reorganization of the tournament schedule next year. There's a partnership with the PGA Tour and the European Tour that starts next year um, between uh, three tournaments, the Scottish Open, Barbasol, and um, 
the Stableford out in Reno. Uh, Barracuda. So, Barracuda. So they're going to be able to to go ahead um, and points earned go for for both. They go the race to Dubai and then uh, certainly the Tour Championship. So there's a lot of stuff going going on and. Um, the tour has done a great job creating these opportunities for these players. And with that said, it's a lot of money, but these guys have to go out and perform to get it. You got it. You, um, you got it. There's, there's no, no free lunch. Uh, a no. lot of, a lot of people look at these events like the WGC this week and say, Oh, there's no cut. That's not right. Well, you've had to play a ton of golf to get invited to play in the no cut event. And, and for every question, uh, that, that ever comes up in, in someone's uh, professional career, there's one answer, play better. <laughs> I mean, there's no, no, there's no way around that. Yeah, my father always told me, he said, if you go out there and the numbers that you put down in those 18 squares are lower than anyone else, they can't keep you out. Yeah, that's, that's – uh, wisdom from your late dad who always enjoyed being around and and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and wrap the show up on that and uh, billy a as always i appreciate your time appreciate your great thoughts more than anything appreciate your uh, friendship thanks for joining us today on the charlie reimer balls in the air podcast thanks Chaz. all right folks uh you can uh, follow this podcast anywhere that uh, you subscribe to your podcast make sure you like us that's really important you gotta like us if you don't like us don't say you don't like us make sure you like us and uh, we'll be with you next time on the charlie romer balls in the air podcast